where unwed teenage mothers, this is a bad, uh, bad thing. Uh, socially, uh, there can be legal repercussions. There's a lot happening. And so Mary is kind of this example of courage. I want to look at the story here. It's in Luke chapter 2. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, if you've, if you've read a lot in the Old Testament, you know this phrase, the Lord is with you, shows up a bit. It shows up with guys like Joshua, who was about to go in and fit the battle of Jericho, if you ever sang that song. Uh, Gideon, he's the guy who's going to conquer an army with just a few people and torches and pitchers. Uh, and in each of these instances and many others, an angel will show up and says, you know, greetings, you're favored by the Lord. You don't have to be afraid. And so I, if there's nothing else we hear this morning, I think that we need to hear this, that when God is with you, we don't have to be afraid of anything. One of the questions we maybe could ask is this, if you had no fear, what would you do for God? Is there something in your life that you think God is maybe calling you to, to, to maybe to start or maybe to stop? Is there something that God is asking you to do that causes a little bit of fear in you? Uh, if so, I want you to think about as we go through this morning, what would you do for God if you had no fear? Because God is with you. Mary is troubled by these words, wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. You see, church, the angel is letting Mary know that if the Lord is with you, you don't have to be afraid. Mary is having this child in a time when there is no wick, there is no support uh, for moms, there's no social network, uh, there's not these things here. You know, she's going to have the, the Lord's child. You know, if, if Jesus were to grow up and be a juvenile delinquent, guess whose fault that's going to be, right? It's going to be hers, okay? No pressure. There's a lot that is weighing on Mary, which is why when the angel comes, the angel says, hey, listen, God is with you. This is what Paul is going to write about later in Romans 8, saying you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall into fear. You've received a spirit of adoption. And with it, we cry out to God, Abba, Father. It's this spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And when you're a child of God, you don't have to be afraid. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. In fact, if we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Paul is letting us know that if God invites us into something, even if it's difficult, even if it involves suffering, we don't have to fear because we are God's children and he goes with us. Mary's going to have some questions about this. She's going to say, how's this going to be? She says, I'm, I'm a virgin. What, how's this work? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born to you will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Last week, we looked at Zechariah. Zechariah is like, hey, how am I going to know this is going to happen? Can you prove this to me? Mary's question is subtly different. She says, how is it going to work? She says, yeah, I believe it. I, I'm confident God can do it, but how? You see, when God invites us to step into something, he doesn't always give us a plan. 
We're people that we want to plan. We want to know what's coming. We want to know the details. We want to know the specifics. But an invitation is a little different. God invites us into something. He says, hey, this is what we're going to do. The details will work out along the way. I just want you to come. That's what God's inviting us to, to step out in courage, to step out in faith, to step out into his power. That's what Jesus invited the disciples to do in Acts 1. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the dates. The disciples, they wanted to know the plan. They wanted to know how it was all going to work. Jesus says, you don't need to know that. You need to know this, that you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. What Jesus tells the disciples is the same thing he's telling us, is that when he calls us to something, he's going to empower and equip us to do it. God is going to give us the power and the tools and the resources necessary. So our job is just this. It's to surrender to God's plan. Our job is simple. We just have to say yes to God. We just have to allow God to have his way in our lives. And the rest of that stuff, he works out with us. He works that out with us. Uh, Mary knows this, and so she consents to this plan. Uh, This is one of my favorite verses in Scripture, Luke 1.38. Mary says this, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You see, the angel doesn't just come, tell her, hey, this is how it's going to go, and then leaves. The angel waits. He sticks around to make sure that Mary's on board. This is an invitation. He's saying, Mary, we're inviting you into God's plan. You've been invited. You've been chosen. Do you have the courage to say yes? Do you have the courage to step out and come into this? And Mary says, yes, I will. And so Mary really becomes an example for us. You know, it's not that Mary is so spectacular, although I have a feeling she was a spectacular woman. You know, Mary's smallness, it magnifies God's greatness. And that's what God calls us to, to simply say yes and allow him to do the rest. Now, today's worship's a little different. I'm going to be quiet here in just a second, and then we're going to sing a few Christmas songs, and and we're going to do that. But I want us to, as we get thinking about this Christmas season, we think about Mary's example. I want us to think about what are the things we have in our lives to surrender. Trinity's going to share a song here in a second. And during this time, we want to kind of just open it up for you. I know a lot of our families are together. Perhaps you want to pray together. Perhaps you want to just sit and listen. That's okay. Um, Today is also Gifts for the King Sunday. It's a Sunday that we've sort of set aside that we want to surrender some gifts. We want to give some gifts to God. And so perhaps for you, you're saying, man, today I want to go ahead and do that. You can give through your phone. You can do that on the app. Or if you leave, we've got, you know, receptacles in both of these areas where you can drop a check off. Um, For others of you, though, your giving is is your life. You've never given your life to Christ. And you're saying, man, this is the time. This This is it. God gave his son for me. I want to give myself to him. And if that's the case, man, you could talk to the person that came with you. I'm going to be just sitting over here. I'd love to talk with you about that if you've got questions about it. But today is a day we want to allow there to be a moment where we can sort of surrender our lives and say, God, we just want to renew that surrender to you. Um, I want us to read one thing together. We're going to read Mary's prayer together, and then Trinity's going to share a song with us. Um, This is Mary's prayer. A lot of people call this the Magnificat. And so I want to read this together as a prayer. Um, I'll read the italicized smaller parts. You can read the big parts. But let's go ahead and offer this up to the Lord as a prayer of our own. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Blessed. 
His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Forever. 